0: you'll bow with me. Father, come at this time to bring the message. As always, Lord, I pray that it's less of me and more of you, and that you would use my voice to deliver your message, and that you would soften the ground that needs to be tilled so that this message can be heard in the place it needs to be heard by all of us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So we're in a series, uh, it's called The Journey, and it's what discipleship means here at Arbor Point Church. And this is our third kind of segment of that series, and we're working from a book called Celebration of Discipline. And there's, uh, I think there's, there were two more. Bob, are there any books left up there, one, one book and one study guide or just one study guide? One, book, one study guide? one book and one study guide. Please don't leave those on the shelf. They do absolutely no good if they're sitting here gathering dust. So if you don't have one and you need one or you'd like one, or this is a, a, a powerful um, series and um, and I hope that you'll take the time to study. There's resources online as well um, under resources on our website. Grab hold of that. This morning we're going to be talking about the the meditation kind of what it what it's like to listen for that still small voice of God amongst <laughs> in the middle of everything that's going on. Um, and it's an old school tool. It's been around for a long long time. This idea of meditation now but it's also one that our current society doesn't really place a lot of value on. You know, we're going really fast. And I think Satan does like that, Corey. I, I think he loves that we're going so fast that we don't have time to slow down. It's noisy, it's crowded, it's hurried. It there's so much going on in your life, right? How do I how do I make time for God when I've got to go to go to work and I've got to get off work and I gotta take the kids over here and then after I take the kids there, then I gotta go over here. And then church wants me to do stuff. And there's so much going on that it It's really tough to slow down and catch a breath. The still, small voice of God is hard to hear in the middle of all that noise and all that hurry and all that clamor. Here's the thing. If we're ever going to hear from God, we have to slow down. We need to be intentional about that. We've got to make time to hear him. Thomas Merton said this, he said, true contemplation, meditation, is not a psychological trick, but a theological grace. It's not a psychological trick. In other words, it's not just about, you know, quieting your mind and emptying, it's more than that, it's a theological grace. Grace is God's unmerited favor. We don't deserve it, and God gives it to us anyway. That's the grace message. It's awesome. Crea- if you think about it, if you step back and go, wow, you know, the creator of everything offers me this, this unmerited favor in my life. That's what we're talking about when we get into meditation and contemplation. It opens up some space for that. Carl Jung is a psychiatrist, great psychiatrist, and he put it this way. He, he said that, that hurry is not of the devil it is the devil. When we get going so fast, that, that takes us away from God and we lose sight of where we're headed. In the Old Testament, there's a couple of Hebrew words, haggah and siach, and they're words for contemplation and meditation. They're used 58 times in the Old Testament in Scripture, and I want to read just a couple of Scriptures that, that reflect that. It's from Psalm 119. Oh, how I love your law. It's my meditation all the day. I hold my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night that I might meditate on your promise. So God's word, which is the Torah, is what he's talking about in this psalm. He meditates on God's word so that he can can take that in or she can take that in. And and it's, it's not just meditating on the do's and don'ts because it's what are the promises of Scripture. And meditate on what those are. What do those mean to me back then when the psalmist wrote it? But also, what does it mean for us in this place where you are in your life right now with everything that's going on? What does it mean right now to meditate on the promises of God? Those That, that he loves you. He has prepared a place for you. All of those promises that he gives to us that we don't take time often to think through and to s- just sit with. Genesis 24, 63, Isaac went out to meditate in the field in the evening. Anybody ever just go out in nature just because you, you need to kind of clear your head? You know? You're an Isaac. You go out into the field, and, you, and you're able to get in touch with who God is amongst his creation. And, 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 and then you can hear that still, small voice of God. Psalm 63, 6, I think of you upon my bed and meditate on you in the watches of the night. Lately, I've been waking up thinking about God and God in my head and songs in my head. I love that. I love, I love when, when I'm in that place and, and, and when you wake up to God and you go to sleep and, and, and he's there, you know, and you have that sense of his presence. It's awesome. Psalm 1, verse 2. It's is pretty early in the Psalms. <laughs> Psalm 1. <laughs> Verse 2, oh well, it was funnier in my head than it was. <laughs> 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 Delight is in the law of the Lord, the Torah, and on his law he meditates day and night. We're, we're instructed that we need to take the time to meditate on Scripture. We're going to do some of that a little bit later in the... Service. Elijah spent a lot of days and nights in the wilderness learning to discern this still small voice of Yahweh. The prophet spent time listening to, to God, to God, for God's word and hearing it. Jesus even took the time to go to a place apart so that he could hear from God. I happened to listen in on, I was walking by the Bible study this morning and I'm going to go ahead and steal this from it. See, that's good when I wander around. I get, you know, it even helps on Sunday morning. Uh, One of the folks in there said that, um, and he doesn't know that I'm going to say this, Brad. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Brad's like, what did he hear me say? (laughs) No, it's, I do it too. How many people walk in and turn on the TV just to have background noise? Yeah, I do that too. Isn't that something? Uh, It's hard to just be in that still. I Flip on a TV. I'll be reading with the TV on. I'm not making that space. <laughs> What's that about? Anyway, anyway, you know, I wonder what it is that drives us to do that. It's the distraction from what we're trying to do, you know, when we're reading and studying, but yet we do it. It's like there's there's something about that. And I ha- I need to obviously examine that. Thank you, Brad, this morning for guilting me into, you know, having to work on something. Um just kidding. But even Christ had to do it. Even Jesus had to go and make time and make a place where he could reduce all those distractions and hear from God. And and that's our model. This scriptural model. It's not just Jesus, um, but it's all of us that we must make time for God in our worlds. You know, God even told us to work that, that six days and then what? Rest. Rest. Take a break. You know. But it's not just take a break, it's spend some time in that day seeking God, it, it's spend some time with God, it's like, it's not just about the human part, we need that, but it's also the day that we come together and, okay, I want to spend some time listening for God and spend some time learning who, who you are in my life so that you can lead me to become who you've created me to be, it's not just what we do here in church, it's about building a relationship With God. And and hear this this is important, I think. If Satan wants us to hurry so much that we miss moment after moment of possibility and moment after moment of grace, and if that's from our enemy, you can bet that God wants us to do the opposite. He wants us to pay attention to moment uh, after moment of possibility and to pay attention to moment after moment of grace to find those times in our life when something's right (laughs) Not is there enough wrong in our lives that that we could spend all of our time focused on it absolutely so if we're going to to follow after God then we're going to have to also look at the things that are going well and to spend some time focused on those things so that we can grow and so that we can grow into who he's called us to be one of the ironies of life and it's kind of funny is that when we're young you can't wait to grow up, right? Can't wait till I'm 16, so that I can drive. Can't wait till I'm 18, so that I can be an adult. Can't wait till I'm 21, so that I can drink. I, that was didn't get quite the response. I don't. <laughs> should I say that out loud in church? <laughs> and then what happens when you hit 30? And what happens? <laughs> you look back. And say, Wait, what? And then you get, then 40 happens and you're going, I don't understand. <laughs> and then, you know, I, I hear that 50 happens <laughs> and beyond. <laughs> don't it, can't we at some point just turn it around and I'm 39, now I'm 38, 37, 30, no? But as we get older, time changes. You know, when we're younger, it, we want it to go faster. When we we're older, we want it. To slow down, hurry and busyness is the thief that robs us, robs us of time that we can spend on the important things of life, the things of relationship, relationship to God, the rela- our relationship with our family, our relationship with our friends, our schoolmates, all those in our life that matter, and those are the important people. See, God wants us. Uh, to be in relationship with us. He wants that. sent his son to die so that we could be in relationship with him. Even in the Old Testament, you know that God spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to a friend. As a man speaks to, to a friend. That's in Exodus 33. That's incredible intimacy with the creator of all, the one who d- who has all power, but he wanted to to be uh, close and a friend to Moses. And the Israelites struggled with that. They were scared. They were very afraid. They told Moses, you speak to us and we will hear, but let not God speak to us for we will die. They didn't know what to do with that intimate of a relationship with the creator of all. They understood what the fear of God is. But not intimacy and a rel- in, in relationship. It was certainly reverence was a part of that, but it was most. I'm afraid you're going to take me out, you're going to kill me. But when we say yes to Jesus, <coughs> we get to be in the reverence side of the coin. We don't have to be scared of God. We get to be in the Wow, you're awesome, and I revere you and I re- revere your power, and I fear you in that sense. I have great fear that, uh, of a reverence for who you are. If you're a non-believer, then yeah, it's scary, because there's a t- eternal separation and a lot that goes with that. There's a pretty big gap between God and His creation for a long, long time. An occasional prophet would come along and give some information that would help to temporarily uh, connect the people to God. But there was still a gap, always. At least until Jesus came. Emmanuel, right? God with us. Four words. God is with us. Say this for me. Say, God is with me, but do it slow. God is with me. Know that this morning. You know, whatever you come in with, whatever's going on, God is with you. He's not going anywhere. He's not giving up on you, and and he's going to stay with you. It's powerful. He walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own. So in meditation is a place where we get to hear that message. We create the emotional and spiritual <laughs> space that invites God into our very soul. Foster, who wrote the book, he points out that the verse, I stand at the door and knock, was originally written for believers because God desires a deep relationship. He desires a deep intimacy with us. He wants that deep deep calls upon deep kind of relationship and and i love this picture and i didn't find it but you know the i think christy did or andy do you see a doorknob on that door who needs to open that door yeah he's knocking on the door and then it's up to us to open that door to let him in He wants that kind of intimacy for for us. As we go deeper in our relationship, as we step deeper into our faith, anything that gets between us and our relationship with God is relinquished. Remember, we hold things with an open hand. I'm not hanging on to it. I'm holding it with an open hand. I'm trusting that God will keep the things in there that need to be in there. And that's faith because that means that, that it's not mine. It's his that requires much of us holding things with an open hand as we talked about last week see we don't find ourselves able to see God in our world in the mundane or we do find ourselves to see God in all that goes on in the world brother Lawrence and 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 I wash dishes as if unto the Lord you know in washing dishes and whatever's going on we can see God and in the miraculous that sunset and that sunrise and that that healing and all those things we're no longer the same it's this is transformative when we get this engagement with god we don't pray the same we don't act the same we don't see the poor the same we don't see our world the same we three see through the eyes of christ we see brokenness and we can't sit on the sidelines we have to get off the sidelines we have to go to i serve and we have to hang out in cold weather to help them right barry amy you have to go do you can't not go do that and that's what we're talking about is is this draw that happens in the depth of a relationship with the savior it changes everything but to get to that place regu- requires us to make time and and to spend some time listening in early recovery recovery i began I- practicing some eastern meditations because my my head was going so fast and i couldn't slow it down and the goal there was to empty empty my thoughts and and find a place where where I could slow down and I, and I wasn't going crazy all the time in my head and it was and it was helpful for me but it fell short of what christian meditation can be because it stops right it it the goal isn't isn't the ne- the what then part right it's i want to empty myself so that i could have some peace but there's a what then and the what then is is okay where where do we go from this place? Now that I'm here and I've quieted my mind, where do I go then? See, once we get quiet in Christian meditation, then we can go to the cross. Then then we can meditate on that passage of scripture. Then we can meditate on, on something in our life that God on on, okay Lord, what is it that that I need to be doing when it comes to, to Noah and Sean in this trip. Where is it? We get to slow down to where we can hear and then access our Lord. See, we get to enter into the Holy of Holies, that place that they couldn't go in, the Old Testament. And, and we get to, to, to experience the Holy Ghost guiding us as he gives us a picture in our mind of being in the presence of God. St. Teresa of Avila said, I could not make, re- re- could not make reflection With my understanding, I contrived to picture Christ with him. In other words, she couldn't see God, so she had to picture it when she quieted herself. And God can sanctify or make holy all aspects of our thinking, our imagination, and and, and we can rely on that. We need to guard against manipulating ourselves into thinking or imagining things that are not of God. But isn't Scripture great? If it doesn't align with Scripture then it's not of God, so if we seem to convince ourselves, well, this is what I need to do, but it doesn't align with God, that's, that's not from God, and so, and the grow groups, the small groups that we have, those are areas where we, where we develop those relationships with people who can help us and guide us, our mentors, our spiritual directors in our life, right, because we all have those, we all have folks in our life that are helping us along, right, If you don't get somebody to help you along, because it's important that we not go on this journey together. You're hearing that throughout the the journey that we're on, but know that don't do this alone. In the book, um, Foster lists a lot of ways to meditate, get some helpers on how to do that. I'm going to let you check that out and and let you go through that. But I did want to take just a couple of minutes this morning to close the message by taking a journey to a hillside. So, if you don't mind, if you'll kind of take a deep breath and relax if you can. I'm going to be reading from John chapter 6. And as I read, imagine yourself in this story. Maybe you're the young child who gave his lunch up, or the young boy's parents. Try to see the story, the grass, the hills, the faces of the people. Try to hear the story, the sound of the water of the Sea of Galilee, the noise of the children, the voice of Jesus himself. Try to feel the story, the hardness of the ground, the texture of your clothes or the hardness of your hands. Try to feel with your emotions. Maybe there was hesitancy at bringing your lunch. Astonishment at the miracle or joy at the provision of God. So please relax and close your eyes as we go into the Gospel of John. Jesus crossed to the far shore of the Sea of Galilee, and a great crowd of people followed him, because they saw the signs he had performed by healing the sick. Maybe you can see that crowd of people. Then Jesus went up on a mountainside, sat down with his disciples, and they let you close. Jesus looked up and he saw the great crowd coming toward him and he said to Philip, where shall we buy bread for these people to eat? And Philip answered, it would take more than a half a year's wages to buy enough bread for each one to have a bite. Then another of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Here is a child with five small barley loaves, two small fish, but how far will they go among so many? Maybe you can sense the anticipation of the disciples. Jesus said, have the people sit down. There was plenty of grass in that place, and they sat down. About 5,000 men were there, and women beyond that, and children too. And you can hear them as they, the thousands all sit in the grass. Jesus then took the loaves and he gave thanks. Baruch <laughs> Blessed art thou, o Lord our God, King of the universe, who brings forth the bread from the earth and distributed that bread to those who were seated as much as they wanted. And he did the same with the fish. And when they had all had enough to eat, he said to his disciples, gather the pieces that are left over. Let nothing be wasted. And the disciples gathered them and filled 12 baskets with the pieces of the five barley loaves left over by those who had eaten. And after the people saw the sign Jesus performed, they began to say, Surely this is the prophet who has come into the world. And Jesus withdrew again to a mountain by himself. Now watch the crowd as they leave. See them. You look up and Jesus is walking up into the hills. And you are left alone you find a rock that's overlooking the Sea of Galilee and you go and you sit on it. And you think about all that has happened in this day and you become very quiet and settled in your spirit. You happen to look up and you notice that Jesus has come back and he's sitting on a rock next to you. And you smile at him and Enjoy each other's presence for a moment. And after a bit, Jesus turns to you and asks, what may I do for you? What may I do for you, Beth? What may I do for you? Answer. You see, there are many ways for us to engage with Scripture. a lot of ways for us to draw near to Jesus. Often we think that all I can do with scripture is just read it. You can do one verse and stay there and let it sink in and let it go deep. At some point today I do want you find a quiet place and to write about your answer to Jesus' question. What can I do for you? And to sit with that. He wants to be in that kind of relationship with us. We can celebrate that that's what he's after. He wants us to make the time and to spend the time to draw near to him. And he gives us really incredible pathways to accomplish that. Amen.